Welcome to Amplify, a podcast that gives marginalized communities and diverse people a platform to share their story and reclaim their narrative. Period poverty includes the lack of education alongside the resources due to the fact that like not many people get the education they need in schools they don't always get it from their families so they don't know how to properly handle menstruation and that can cause a lot of issues before you enjoy the episode we ask that you please support this podcast by sharing it with your friends and family And let us know what you think by leaving us a review and what you want to hear more on the podcast. Our message is to amplify the voices of marginalized and diverse communities. Just remember, it is most impactful when diverse people share their own narrative. Welcome back to Amplify. Today we are here with the girls from Here For Them. Welcome. Thank you so much for um, having us. We're so glad to be here. Excited. Yeah, thank you so much for dealing with all my scheduling delays and everything. It's very much appreciated. Yeah, no problem at all. So tell us a little bit about yourself, whatever like you're comfortable with sharing with our guests, uh, with our viewers, I mean, of course, you guys are the guests, but tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'll go first. Um, my name is Hanan. I'm 17 years old. I'm a grade 12 student. Um, I'm specifically a part of the social media team. So the content creator aspect of that for our TikTok account and um I like to consider myself a little bit of a nerdy kid, so I'm a huge Marvel Cinematic fan, and I don't know, I've been reading a lot of comics, so that's what I do in my free time now. Yeah, and um, my name is Maleri. I'm in grade 12, I'm 17 also, and I'm, <laughs> in, I'm, I'm also part of the same thing as Hanan, so I'm in the social media team, uh, more specifically the content creator team for our TikTok account also. Um, and in my free time, I think I... I listen to a lot of old school hip hop and R&B. So that's, that's mainly um, my thing. And like, you know, I post covers and just my own original songs on my SoundCloud. Uh, so yeah. Awesome. So you guys are, you guys are seniors. So you have college next year, right? Yeah. And we're actually both going to the University of Alberta. Oh, wow. I've heard Alberta is really beautiful. Yeah, it is. I, the landscapes are amazing. We we have the mountains here, and I and I pride myself a lot on the fact that we do um, have like Banff and Jasper and all of that. Um, but yeah. So you guys are from Canada. Are you guys from Alberta? Like, are you staying around like the area? Or you guys are going off for college? No, we're staying in the area. Actually, the same city that we live in currently. Oh, awesome! Because you guys said grade twelve. I was like. I'm from the United States, so we always say, like, seniors and stuff, so it was a little bit, I know Canada and the United States are very similar, but you guys, there's some stuff you guys say a little bit differently than Americans. Yeah, definitely. I feel like some provinces actually tend to, like, say seniors, sophomores, freshmen, but because here in Alberta, we we start high school in grade 10 instead of grade 9, we just sort of stick to the grade 10, 11, 12, instead of the whole freshman, sophomore, junior, senior thing. Oh, okay, yeah. I was like, 
I'm from, I'm from America, so we say stuff a little bit differently. We say like, you know, we it's usually freshman to senior, but maybe like as like if you're closer to the United States, maybe they adapt a lot of the American qualities. Like I I know a lot of people from like the Toronto area, so that's usually I hear like freshman, sophomore, senior. So I don't know if it's like even different in different parts of Canada too. Yeah, it is. Um, you, you're spot on. Like, I know also some folks, too, like in Ontario and stuff like that, and they do go by the whole freshman to senior thing. Um, and I think it's actually more out west where that's not a thing. I don't know about, like, Saskatchewan or BC specifically, but I do know in Alberta, like, that it's it's not there. It's just the grade levels. <laughs> yeah, so I'm... I think COVID is pretty bad right now in Canada. Is it bad in Alberta too? Unfortunately, we actually have the highest case count per capita in North America, which is saying a lot considering the fact that like California has 33 million people while we have like, I'd assume less than 10 million in Alberta. So it's 4 million. Damn. So yeah, cases are pretty bad. We're all doing online schooling restrictions, all that fun jazz. Are you guys on lockdown? I've heard you guys have been going in and out of lockdowns in Canada. Are you guys still on lockdown? Yeah, we are. um, Ever since I feel like the I feel like the roles have reversed. I feel like Canada was doing so much better than the United States, and then we just started rolling out the vaccines, and I feel like it's just like flipped for some reason. I heard you all have been like everyone over the age of sixteen could have like could have got their vaccine wa- a while yeah, ago. Yeah, it's you can go like anywhere and get like vaccines. You can go into like wow. um, CVS, like grocery stores. They're all doing like walk-ins and everything. Like most of the people I know have been vaccinated. I've been vaccinated for months now, so it's just crazy. Like how much things have changed yeah I feel like they're starting to roll it out in Canada. I think, but it's just like it just started like recently unfortunately yeah well I'm hoping you guys are able to get your vaccines before like college starts at least you guys can go on campus and like in the fall and stuff we're hoping hoping cross they did just I think announced that on like the 10th like anybody at the at the age of like 12 and older can go in and get their vaccine like their first shot of like Pfizer I believe Um, oh that's good yeah yeah, but yeah. I know for a fact there's going to be like wait lists and stuff because we don't have oh, as many pharmacies yeah. and stuff. Yes, so. I think yeah, I like I know like in bigger cities, even the United States, people had to keep refreshing like the pages to be able to like book their vaccine. I live in a smaller town, so it's very very easy to get the vaccine here. Very easy. So like, and I know in bigger cities, it's like. They had like they have to kept renewing the pages and like to try to get the first spot. Now it's much more easier, but like at the beginning, that's kind of how it was. Well, I'm hoping and praying for you guys that you're able to have that college experience and go on campus and everything, and hopefully lives go back to normal for you guys too. And I I didn't realize you guys are like you in grade twelve, so you guys started this organization much younger than I started in mine. So that's very admirable of you to actually start this and acknowledge this problem. So can you guys tell us a little bit about here for them and your guys' mission? Why did you guys exactly start this organization? So yeah, um, first off, I'll tell you what here for them actually stands for um, hygiene, education, um, and resources for them. 
which we had the goal of bringing education and also resources to all those to menstruate. And the reason why we chose for them is because not all, not, not only women are menstruators, it can be anybody. And so we wanted to make sure that we could include everybody in the name of our organization. Yeah. And um, yeah, and, and not all, you know, women are menstruators, not all people who menstruate are women. Yeah, just kind of echoing that. Um, and our goal as a uh, non-for-profit uh, is to help end period poverty on a provincial and eventually international level. So that's our thing. Um, yeah. And actually how it came to be was that our founder, Iman, had this idea during our grade 11 year to start a project at our school for students to donate products, which we would give back to our community. So like pads, tampons, hygiene um, products, menstrual cups, literally anything. But unfortunately, COVID-19 sort of shut schools down, which is how we came to actually, she came to creating this organization. That's kind of crazy because for me, I had a kind of not, not a similar story, but kind of very similar to kind of what COVID kind of made my organization to be. So uh, my organization, it's called Cultural Communications, but my podcast is called Amplify. So originally, I'm actually much older than you guys, unfortunately. I feel like I'm, I'm starting to get older. After college, I feel like I'm getting old now. But um, so my s senior year of college, I came up with this organization called Culture Communications after uh, participating in a pitch competition for um, a festival that I was going to do called Culture Fest. And then I wanted to have like a broader reach. So I decided to do something called Cultural Communications. And what I did was we did like hosted panel series within my local community. And so I would get people from all over the world and have like representation. And we did panels with young people about their experiences growing up in America. And we did it from first generation immigrant perspectives of coming to America and their experiences. Then COVID hit and we had other planned events. I was like, how am I going to reach people without having this in person and I was debating whether doing like zoom panels and I was like what about a podcast I feel like a podcast would be more accessible and people can listen when they want and so I see I feel like you guys kind of had the same idea that you're like I can't reach people like in person so what about if we create like an online platform yeah definitely and that actually is amazing on your end um, yeah, definitely COVID. I feel like the one good thing that came out of it was a lot of us were able to sort of think about what we wanted to do and finally take action towards our plans and goals. Yeah, it's amazing. I didn't even realize before I was introduced to your guys' organization that this is such a, a huge problem. So like your, fa your founder, like where did she find that this is a huge problem? Did she have personal experiences with it or did she interact with people that she saw that this that this type of work was needed? Um, it was, you want to take this one? Okay, yeah. Um, okay, so my, uh, what I would like to uh, believe is, well, so Iman is already, like, very into um, other things in terms of, like, activism. And so um, how it is that she kind of presented this to, to me and to other folks, too, was just like, a, hey, do you guys want to do this? And she's already, like, super knowledgeable 
um, about a lot of like issues in the world and stuff. So it wasn't really much of a surprise when she came to us and she was like, hey, like, um, do you guys want to do something with this? I'm thinking of like, she's super ambitious and it's like, it's so cool. And I admire that a lot. So, so yeah, I, I don't actually know really if she has any uh, personal experiences with period poverty. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it is, it is a huge issue. So I wouldn't be surprised though, if she did know some people who were, who were struggling with that, or if this was something that was uh, close to home uh, for her. Uh, but yeah. Your friend Iman sounds very similar to me. Cause I, cause I have a friend that's actually helped that. I have a group of people that are helping me out with my organization as well. And the one person at the time who was helping me out was one of my close friends and she's helping me do the graphic design for my organization. And then when COVID hit, I went to her and I was like, so um, I, I think I want to start a podcast with this. And she was like, what, are you serious? Like, do you, you really think this is going to work? And I was like, I don't know. I feel like, like I'm one of those people that was like, I just like taking the risk and trying and seeing if it like, if it works or if it fails. I'm not really... I'm, I'm prone to failure. So I didn't really, I wasn't really going to affect me either way. So I was like, yeah, let's do it and see like how it works. And I've really enjoyed the process so far. So it sounds like he meant like a very ambitious and knowledgeable person with that as well. Yeah, She's honestly so amazing. And it's an absolute honor to work alongside her. So did your friend Iman, so she, did she make you aware of period injustices? Like, uh, with this organization like in Canada in the United States and like worldwide or were you guys aware of it before becoming a part of this organization? I personally was a bit knowledgeable already because I had done Model United Nations the year beforehand and one of our topics was actually addressing period poverty across the world and how to um, help with that situation and so I had to do a lot of research for that and that's how I sort of like realized it's an ongoing problem not only in third world countries but even in huge countries like the United Kingdom, Canada, and America. So that was my story of learning about it. Yeah and um, for me <clears throat> I actually was not too knowledgeable about it to begin with but once Iman kind of brought it to me and you know rallied up a couple of folks what we did I think before starting on really anything or even I think choosing a name per se for this group was like she was like okay guys so the first and foremost we need to do like some research on the topic like what it looks like what period poverty looks like in different countries like around the world and stuff like that like she was very set on us ourselves kind of knowing a bit looking at articles reading articles watching videos on youtube and stuff like that reading listening to podcasts and whatever just like in relation to period poverty before we got started on any of the work so i was intrigued upon hearing about it and i was like i want to help so yeah I, I learned more with with the group going into this that's awesome so like for our guests that may not know what would you define define as like period poverty um, period poverty, uh, I guess in my own words, would be um, the lack of access to uh, menstrual um, uh, products uh, due to things like, um, due to things like financially not being able to for them or not having access, so lacking the access to those menstrual products. But yeah, that's how I would define it. And yeah, to add on to that as well, Definitely. I also feel like period poverty includes the lack of education alongside yes. the resources. 
due to the fact that like not many people get the education they need in schools they don't always get it from their families so they don't know how to properly handle menstruation and that can cause a lot of issues the fact that products are extremely expensive there's a tax to it there's a whole lot of issues yeah honestly i think period products should be free yeah i know and like new zealand i think that they've already started um free menstruation products within schools as far as i remember new zealand's always doing the best (laughs) as you've seen in the world new zealand is always a head starter queen jacinda (laughs) i swear yeah, she's like the head starter for everything, like how they've dealt with COVID and everything. So it doesn't surprise me that sh- she's doing stuff like that. And that's how a woman runs a country. Period. She does it right. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you guys think, I guess, your organization's doing that maybe some other national or local or even worldwide organizations are not doing? Like what, what gap are you filling within this space? And then do you, should I speak um, on this? You can add on to it if um, I'm missing something. But okay, um, I really do like to think that we're sort of getting more youth involved within this issue because a lot of organizations are like mainly adults that are going through this and are um, wanting to get involved. But you don't really see many high school students or even university students getting into it. So I feel like that's one aspect where we, differentiate compared to other organizations yeah um yes and also another thing is the the fact that we even though we are not for profit we prefer to be called um a community organization or a community-based organization um and our goal is to be sustainable in our activism um and we want to be very clear with the fact that you know we're not trying to to save anyone that's not our goal and you know we are the people simply trying to help the people um and so uh the things it is that we want to do are are also kind of like a mutual aid for example um like one of our one of the things that we're focusing on doing like perhaps sometime in the future is opening up things like uh, pods in our na- in neighborhoods like around our city and other cities too where you know folks can just come in and grab whatever products it is that they need and you know go about their their way their day it's kind of like um how it is Iman uh, explained this to us was uh for example you need ketchup or you need diapers you would go to your neighbors uh knock on the door and be like hey do you have any of these things and then your neighbor would just give it to them so um one thing with us that we're trying to um, kind of make clear and, you know, do to almost separate us from, from other groups as well is be very um, clear with the fact that we're uh, trying to get the communities involved and that we are the community at the same time. So there's no kind of uh, status or hierarchy in that sense, but, you know, once more, we are the people simply helping the people. I I really love that. And I feel like I've discussed this in other podcast episodes with other guests, but I really love when organizations don't like, they don't, they're not trying to come in and change like a group of people or tell a group of people what they need. Rather, they're trying to hear from the community what they need and like trying to create the change that those people want. And I really, I really admire that about you guys because I feel like a lot of organizations that I've been a part of or that I've seen 
it's more like these groups are coming in and telling people what they need rather than rather than you know asking the people what they need so i really appreciate that yeah totally thank you so what has been the response from people on what you're doing? I know I'm a young person and you're a young person trying to create change in the world. Sometimes there can be a little bit of some backlash, maybe sometimes when they see young people trying to create change. And I love that um, your guys' organization is so different with being young and trying to start something like this. I don't even know if I was a senior in high school, if I could create something like what I'm doing now or what your guys are doing. So I really admire that about you guys as well so have you received like any backlash or what has been the response mostly from people I don't know if Mallory has something to say but on the TikTok end I have not seen anything it's been mostly support especially with um our video game um videos on TikTok gaining a lot of views um I've seen nothing but support on that end yeah um same here it's it's mainly been like 98 percent of it is support i would say obviously um you know any anybody who puts themselves out there is going to get some backlash on something but um i haven't seen a lot of it either um but yeah super support from everybody so far oh that's awesome yeah yeah that's nice yeah i'm glad people are being a little bit kinder in the world so and I love that you guys are doing a TikTok and everything. I don't know if I would have the guts to do a TikTok. I'm kind of always like behind the screen. So I don't know if I would be able to do TikTok. So that's like so fun that you guys are doing it. Thank you. Thanks. We we have a lot of fun making videos. So. Yeah, I feel like I always love watching them and like, you know, like doing trends at home, but like actually recording and like letting the world see it. I don't I don't know if I'd have the guts to do that or not. That's entirely understandable, honestly. But like, you know, it's it's occasionally fun to just um, see what other people have to say. And hopefully that's all love and support, you know. Yeah, I really I really admire that about you guys. So um, what efforts are you guys working on right now? And, like, what do you guys, um, why do you guys find those efforts important? Oh, okay. I guess, I guess I'll, I'll talk on that one. Um, right now, what it is that we've um, kind of just, well, we're starting to wrap up is um, our internship uh, process. So, like, uh, choosing folks to come in and, you know, do this work with us. Um, and so, basically, how that went was we opened up our applications um early April, I would say, right? Early April. Um, and then we kind of gave folks, uh, anybody who was, what, 14 and older, the chance, and, and, and in Canada, so right now it's, it's just a national thing, to, um, you know, uh, basically read, like sign up, register, or whatever like that, um, to uh, join us and stuff like that. And so there's a whole interview process and all of that jazz to, you know, see who uh, is really... Um, into getting into this work with us and the main reason why we're doing that is because we want more people like in our communities and nationally to get involved in this work and really kind of uh grow expand as a community organization um but yeah our main goal is to get um just more folks involved um and to grow some more um and that's that's really i think that that's what we're focusing on right now yeah. And the and the pods that I talked about before. 
Have you guys got a good response from like like people applying for the internship? Yeah, so um actually Malari had made a video on um our TikTok account, our first video, which ended up blowing up. We got tons of support, tons of love, and actually we ended up receiving over a hundred applications from people all across Canada wanting to join our team. And yeah, as Malari said, we're in the middle of um interviewing them and getting that process um done and over with, I guess. Oh wow, that's amazing. I feel like for me, our organization's pretty small too, and we've tried to do internships in the past, but because our like our social media is still very small, it's kind of hard to get that like outreach. But you're making me think that TikTok is a very good way to do that because you guys got a lot of applications for like very pe- people that are very eager to be a part of this type of work. Yeah, totally. Um, it's TikTok is a great way to to reach out to people because it's kind of like a hit or miss. Like you never know when one day, like if you're just gonna blow up or not. Like on the the video that was uh, the first video that was posted, there were no, I think, tags or anything like that, and it just like overnight became a thing. So I uh, would definitely recommend. Just you know, we would recommend maybe maybe hop on the TikTok and see how that works out for you because you're reaching people all across like the world like we even had some folks um from america and uh, other places I too we like got one from brazil yeah yeah you're right but yeah Crazy definitely TikTok is um an insane platform i feel like it's the one especially youth use lately so it's like definitely when we posted that video um malaria actually I think that night it had only 28 views and then we all woke up and it was just kind of like, whoa, over a hundred K views. This is kind of like insane sort of thing. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I feel like TikTok is the one platform that it's like, you don't know what's going to happen, but it's easier. I like, it's easier to have like that overnight sensation feeling versus other social media platforms where it kind of is like a stagnant growth a little bit on those types of platforms. Yeah. So kind of, because uh, we have a little bit of time left, so it's kind of just ending off the interview a little bit. What advice would you give to other people that want to start an organization, especially the young people like you guys? What would you suggest for them? I know this is going to be like really cliche, but on my end, just do it. Yeah, um, <laughs> you have literally nothing to lose. Um, it's always like just grab a friend, start planning things and take take that moment to innovate and then create the goals that you want to attain. Sorry. No. Yeah, totally. And, and also like find folks who are, you know, passionate and, and, and reliable in that sense too. Um, And, and are just looking to, to learn more and um, to uh, work alongside other folks too, and just be dedicated to regardless of, um, you know, how long it takes for you to receive recognition in that sense, because um, recognition is not, uh, well, it, I guess it is, it is the goal of like, you know, you're, you're trying to uh, expand in, in a way where, you know, you're helping out more people on a larger scale, but um, even just starting the work and impacting one person, a few people, that is uh, more than enough. And it's definitely something to be proud of. So yeah, um, yeah, just seconding, backing off of what uh, what Hanan said. Yeah, branching out on that. That's it. Yeah, that's definitely some solid advice. I would definitely agree. You just have to kind of just do it and get kind of get over yourself a little bit and just 
just try something and get reliable people behind you and you can definitely make it happen. Yeah, definitely. So we like to do a segment on our podcast called Be an Ally. So what it is, is we kind of discuss something maybe you're doing this week, this month to just educate yourself and keep up to date with current issues that you maybe want to share with our guests that they might be interested in, whether it be like a book, a documentary, a social media platform, or even like an infographic, um, just for you to share with our guests. Oh gosh, I have to think about that for a minute because like we're really, I'm really busy right now with like exams. So like definitely um, for me personally, I think it's learning more about what's happening right now in Palestine. Unfortunately, um, there's a lot going on there with the government and doing research and finding out ways I guess I can show support from, you know, Canada. Yeah, totally same. Um, and for me, what I've kind of been doing is, yeah, same same thing with Hanan, also looking into just like the history um, of this, the, the issue with like Palestine and, you know, the state of Israel and all of that, um, uh, reading a lot online watching a lot of just like okay here's how it began here are the basics here's just like where you can start you know because i'm um fairly still a, a beginner to learning more about this stuff um and on top of that too um i've also been looking into the work of uh, uh james baldwin <clears throat> and he's a he was an african-american uh, civil rights uh figure and he wrote a lot a lot of books i would recommend um the book specifically notes of a native son because it's just a compilation of a lot of the essays it is that he's uh, written about you know uh race and all of that um and, and it's super it's very interesting probably one of the the best uh writers i've ever uh read work from before so another yeah. novel that i can re- recommend by james baldwin as well as go tell it on the mountain which is a novel and it's sort of like a semi-autobiographical novel novel about a teenager in Harlem in the 1930s and his family. I personally enjoyed that novel. Thank you guys so much for sharing that. Um, Palestine definitely hits home for me because I'm from Palestine. So I appreciate you guys mentioning that. I know there's a lot going on currently that's kind of been blowing up on social media. So I hope it continues to to blow up and people are a little bit more aware of this issue. So I appreciate you guys bringing it up as well. Um, so do you guys have anywhere like that you would like to share where they can find your guys' organization, your guys' TikTok, Instagram, any other social media platforms you guys are a part of? Yeah, so our Instagram is um, here.forthem. And we also have the same TikTok account with the same um, username. Yeah, um, here.for.them on both. Um, and, and on our Instagram, you will also find a link to our website too. Um, but we are mainly on those two platforms and Facebook also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same I don't know if people use it that much, but yeah. <laughs> hey, you're reaching an older demographic. We have Facebook too. And that's, I think that's where you can reach like older populations a little bit more because Instagram and TikTok are a little bit more for younger people. Some people do use Facebook still. Yeah. yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thank you guys so much again for being a part of this. It's so nice having you. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much for this us. opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, and I hope things in Canada get, Canada get better. By the time this podcast is released, I'm hoping 
that you guys are on your college campus, vaccinated, and life is getting a little bit back to normal. Fingers crossed. 